Hello and welcome to the Strength to be Human podcast with your host, poet and playwright, Mark Anthony Rossi. In this, our third year, we continue to explore the meaning of being an artist in an ever-changing digital world. Now, without further ado, here is your host. Hi folks and welcome back to Strength to be Human. I'm your host Mark Anthony Rossi, poet and playwright. This will be episode 184, Can Machines Create Art? Now I think this one's going to be probably a bit different than some of the other shows I've done. Mainly because as much as we'll talk about art and writing and of course uh machines in, in this whole matter you know it goes it goes beyond just literature on this because it really starts affecting who we are as humanity and as uh human beings so um we're going to talk a little bit about that i'm not going to try to get off on too many tangents but i think uh, we need to have a, a deeper discussion about something like this now this isn't about you know something's wrong with computers or you know, should we not use a typewriter to make a poem? Or, you know, is our digital dictaphone, is that unusual versus scribbling something down with a pencil? That's not what we're talking about because all of those technological um, instruments are just that, instruments. I mean, it's it's like a, a, a fancier pencil. You know, that's really all those devices are. They don't create the art, but they do help us to get that art, you know, either transposed or in some cases transported to other you know to other areas whether it's electronically or digitally through email etc so that's not the same thing as machines creating art because human beings are still in control of that they're just simply using those devices to help them uh, you know speed up things or to store things more efficiently etc what we're going to be talking about over here is machines actually creating art people trying to do that trying to use uh, artificial intelligence and, and etc to, to create art and we're going to talk about that because that's an, an entirely different subject and, and, and in many instances it could be a, a scary or dangerous ones as you already know and you probably noticed that we've kind of gotten carried away with the equalization of everything in, in the world okay it's one thing to strive for racial equality because it's with between human beings and it makes sense you know it's scientifically and, and theologically uh, correct to do so and, and of course it, it, it's it's a noble pursuit something that actually elevates people but it's an entirely different subject when you're saying you know plants are equal to people so I go outside and I step on the grass with my puppy, you know, he takes a pee and I come back in the house and, and now I'm a murderer because I, I just stepped on three blades of grass. Or you, you got the dogs and now they're equal to people. Hey, I love animals. I love dogs. But uh, we got a couple, uh, you know, thousand years of, of real uh, evolution and real um, societal fulfillment and, and technological achievements and, and we're out to beyond the, the galaxy exploring and guess what dogs are pretty much the same as they were like 10,000 years ago they haven't really done anything other than poop 
and play around and go to sleep. Okay, that's that's their entire existence for the last you know twenty five centuries. Okay, that's not the same thing for humans. So there's no equality there, even though we got folks over here trying to make this happen. And this is with folks that get carried away, and they and I, and I think in many ways when they do this, they start they start eroding what humanity is because guess what? Everything can't be equal to humanity because then. Humanity doesn't exist anymore. We're just another animal uh, on some on some ladder or some poster somewhere, and that, that's ridiculous. Because when you do the measurements of not only intelligence and, and sentience and of course achievements, well, there we're here, and everybody else is way way down below. So can't have equality if you know I'm on the top of the mountain and the goats at the, in the basement. Okay. So I don't know why logic escapes some people other than we have a lot of folks out there that they take a simple noble pursuit like, you know, treating animals better. And the next thing you know, you know, uh, if you wear a fur coat, you're, you're a serial murderer. Okay. Or, or if you eat a, a carrot, you know, you're, you're, you're a plant destroyer or something. This is what I'm talking about. So people, people get carried away with that and it doesn't help. Now we got a set of people out there that, and we'll talk about that on the show, that uh, believe that uh, art can be created by machines. Now I don't mean that they've made some programs into a computer and now it painted something graphically on the screen, because that's still human programmed, so therefore a human did that. The machine just ate it in it and that's it. But it did not inspire and it did not do it all by itself. But you got folks out there that try to use, they don't want to try to use artificial intelligence in a way to actually create art. And that's what we're talking about on the show is can machines create art? Well, let's talk a little bit about the definition of what art is first, okay? It kind of gives us some more bearing on what we're talking about over here, okay? All right, here's, uh, here's some, some deep uh, notes here on art. The expression or application of human creative skill and imagination, typically in visual form, such as painting or sculpture, producing works to be appreciated primarily for their beauty or emotional power. Notice those key words there, like human and beauty and emotion. Now that sounds like it's part of any machinery, is it? When was the last time you seen a motherboard that looked good? Uh, no. Alright, here's another one. Art is generally understood as any activity or product done by people with a communicative or aesthetic purpose. Something that expresses an idea, an emotion, or generally a world view. It is a component of culture, reflective of economic and social substrates in its design. So you see in both of those uh, uh, definitions of art, not only is art human-centric, well, guess what? In the end, uh, art has to be human-centric because it could only be coming from humans. And why is that? Because art has a lot to do with trying to locate beauty, uh, bringing about emotional power. Again, what would a machine understand about any of those things? You notice in the second definition, it has a really interesting point about how it's part of culture. 
We all have a culture that oftentimes we bring into our art that sometimes even helps us to define what we want to do as writers or as artists. What the hell does the machine have to do? Yeah, I'm part of the group of Motherboard 879425 Made in Factory 88892. Yeah, that sounds like culture. That's just a bunch of mechanical crap, okay? And of course, it's interesting here about reflecting on economic and social substrates. None of these things, of course, are going to be part of machines because they know nothing about what, what an economy is or what money is because they don't have to have to deal with that in their lives because they don't have lives. They have to worry about that. So the only time a machine is going to understand some of these things is on the raw basic definition of I know what an economy is as a robot. You know, I know what, you know, the definition of money is, but that's it. They're going to know the definition, but they're not going to understand the value because they don't have any connection to it. They don't know how about how to go out there and earn it and bring it back and do something with it. Whether it's paying rent, you know, or buying your, your loved one a gift or, or, or getting some food with it so you, you won't be hungry anymore. Again, all the things that make us human also help us create art. Hunger and pain and death and life and strife and striving and evolving and thinking. All these things machines cannot do. And why can't machines do these? Well, mainly because in order to be somebody that's living, whether you're a human or a machine, you have to first have sentience. That means that you have a consciousness. You have a, a self-awareness. I know what's going on. You're communicating to other things and you're learning on a regular basis. I think we've still been sold to build the good on this artificial intelligence. What is it really? Right now, it's just a marketing thing to make it sound cool. Is it really doing anything at all? Can it really create art? Can it really have conversations with people and understand what they have to say? Can it impart some kind of wisdom to you? What the hell kind of wisdom can it give to you? Did it learn anything about somebody that died in its past life or something? No. Does it have understanding anything to do with the, the spiritual dimensions of life? Or maybe life's lack of spiritual dimensions? You know, is a, is a, a, a thinking machine going to be an atheist because it, it can't conceive of believing in a spiritual dimension or even a god because it was pretty much created by people, not by a god, where humans believe, well, at least some of them believe that they were created by a god? All those go into the factors of what art is and what something living is, and machines simply are not living. They don't even make that basic test. So when we ask machines, can you create art, it's, 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 I'm not saying it's a crazy thing to ask. I understand the intellectual challenge that somebody might want to think this is a, a groovy idea, uh, but in the end, it, it's illogical and defeatist. It really is. You think about it. And they had a, a recent test over here. They had um, a program that was programmed by people, okay? It, it created five different landscapes, all right? And people were fooled by four of the five landscapes, not realizing that machines made them, even though it was a program from human beings. So people were, were concerned about, well, gee, does that the road with what we believe art is, if a machine could do that, even though people are still programming the thing, still, that, that started bringing some cause for concern. Well, the concern really can be is are we really going to have some kind of artificial intelligence that's going to talk, 
that's going to communicate, that's going to try to build a, commu a community or a culture that maybe from extracting all of that can maybe get a self-consciousness and then possibly might be able to create an art, create some kind of art. But even if it creates some kind of art, what kind of definitions are we going to have for that kind of art? Because if, if it's doing what we do, then it's going to reflect some of its own ideas and some of its own you know, feelings, if you want to call it. How do we interpret those? How do we understand those when we're not machines ourselves? So how do you call it art? Or do you call it machine art? Or is it even possible? That's what we're trying to struggle through the show to understand. Can that be done? And what impact does that have? You know, in, 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 in the world or just in humanity in general? Okay? Now, keep in mind this. Machines are machines. There are instruments. And that is it. In many ways, they're no different than being a more sophisticated paintbrush or, or pencil or pen. So at the moment, they can't create art. And people that say they can, well, they would have to prove to us all those factors. Is this artificial intelligence acting on its own? Has it communicated and built some kind of culture? I don't even know if we should, we should want that. Because that in itself sounds kind of scary. <laughs> and um, at that point, it, can it do things on its own? And, and, and even in some kind of abstract ability right now it's it's not really it's not really possible and i'm not really sure if we should be wishing that because i feel and i don't want to sound like i'm anti-technology because i'm really not but we need to have some kind of guidelines we need to have some kind of oversight we need to have some kind of some rules in place for technology because ultimately if, hum if humanity is going to spend time on anything we need to be finding spending time on how we can improve the human condition. Why do we spend time on that? Not trying to make a robot better and smarter. How about we try to find out how to make people smarter? Maybe we have less wars and less prejudice and better ideas about how to run governments and, and, and militaries and maybe even exploration in a more efficient manner and in a more exciting experimental manner in a more a manner that, that's going to express more of equality. Why don't we put our time into that? Why did this trying to make some robot fancy? Makes no it makes no sense to me. It really doesn't. I think we spend a little bit too much time on that. We need to be trying to find ways to be better as human beings. In case you haven't noticed in a couple of years, God knows we can use the help. There's not machines that are helping us right now. <laughs> you know? They're not really helping us at all. In many ways they, they hold us they hold us back. So we have to keep that in mind, that we have to keep them at a distance. They have to keep them as instruments. We have to keep them as objects that help improve our lives, help make our lives a little easier so we can work on other things. And that's really what machines are supposed to have been all along. And sometimes I wonder if people now, and I know there's a group of people already because they believe in transhumanism, where um, you know you, you, you start replacing all kinds of different parts on your body to where you're not even human anymore. You can think faster with a chip in your brain. You can see 10 miles because you got a bionic eye. You can run real fast because you got an artificial leg or legs. You know, you got some people that even have a, a sexual idea about doing extra sexual things. 
uh, not volunteering for that one, okay? Um, and and what are they trying to do? Again, trying to create some kind of false equality between a human being and a machine. Remember, we already got groups of people trying to do that with plants. We got groups of people trying to do that with animals. We got groups of people like that trying to do that with machines. And I really think that this is another offshoot of that. Oh, look how cool and clever and interesting and, and deeply important machines are. They just painted something. We need to question that. We need to question its, its value. We need to question even the, 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 the realization, is it necessary? Why are we not spending some time with machines trying to improve our lives and, and, and cure diseases? Find ways for people to, to learn things better. Find ways to reduce chances of war, you know, etc. This is what we need to be doing. Because if you think about it, if there are intelligent life out there beyond Earth, what they call aliens, well, I think there's a good chance that they'd be very afraid of us. They have to monitor in our communications and see the, the kind of creatures that we are. They figure we're just a bunch of violent idiots, and they would be right. We definitely would be right. I mean, why would they want to trust us? We could barely get along the brown guy down the block, but we're supposed to, like, welcome open arms the green guy that comes from a, another galaxy. Right. We're going to uh, blast him in the head, take his spaceship, and try to, like, uh, reverse engineer it. That's about all we'd be, we'll be doing, because we'd be afraid. And, and, and why is that? Because, like anything else, we project things to other things. It must be evil, and, and it must want to invade us because this is kind of the thoughts we are as human beings. And this is what we do when we do these false equalities. We're projecting onto things. Yeah, that plant doesn't really want to be stepped on. Really? You can step on grass all day long. It doesn't mean you're really killing it. It's still around. You know? Anyone notice that? You walk through the whole park, and the park's still there the next day. Okay? All right. And, of course, uh, you know, dogs, cats, and goldfish. Come on. All right? They have a finite life, a finite brain, and, and quite frankly, a, a, a finite necessity in, in our lives. So where would be the equality in any of that? When people hear that, they get they get mad. Oh, my God, Mark's being rude. Or, or, or my favorite one. He must hate these things and doesn't want to treat them well because he doesn't think they're equal. Uh, no. I don't think I'm equal to a cat or a dog or a plant. They're not. I'm a superior creature as a human being. That doesn't mean that I'm going to mistreat these things. Or do I believe that's the proper way of going about this? No. We got laws about that. There are ethics about that. It's immoral. Period. Hell, it's even a moral experiment on animals. I know they, uh, on a limited basis, when we have uh, uh, diseases we're trying to cure, if there's no way of going about it, uh, we, we, there's some limited, uh, I, I think, uh, window to do something like that. But it, it, should be, it should be done strictly, and when it's no longer needed, stop. Then that's that. But it doesn't mean that you're going to treat these things bad just because you don't think they're equal. And that's where these ideologies start getting carried away. That's what people start getting, you know, ridiculous. You know, they're putting, you know, suits and, 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 and ties on the dog and, you know, dresses on the cat and, you know, they're uh, connecting uh, electrodes to the grass to try to communicate it through it through a, through a, a, a device. Did it say anything? 
is it upset with us? It's grass, okay? It's getting rained on, pooped on by a thousand animals, including us. All right? So if it is upset about anything, it's got a long list of things to be upset about. I'm not even sure if we're even on the top of that list, okay? So if we do find out about its feelings, uh, I think we're going to be disappointed that we're probably not even going to rank as anything. <laughs> you know, I, I, I really do. <laughs> now, can machines create art? No, I don't think so because they're not living creatures. They don't really have a consciousness. They don't really have a sentience. They don't really have a self-awareness. They don't have a culture. They're not communicating with each other to understand anything about themselves or the world. So this is no way to communicate at all. And no way, therefore, to transform something of an idea they have into art. Now listen to this. And I think these are, uh, uh, even though they might be seeming human-centric, well, we still have to put this into this perspective if art, if art can be created by machines because, again, it really wouldn't be about humanity as much as it's about the living. It's the living that can create art. Machines are not living right now. Here we go. This is uh, Ralph uh, Waldo Emerson, okay? Every artist was first an amateur. I don't know if the machine's trying to create something. Is it an amateur because it's first night trying to do this? Or is it thinking it, it could be an expert because it's it's downloaded all the information that can possibly be, be done about art? Is that somehow going to inform it? If art is something that's visceral? If art is something that's emotional? If art is a, a, a combination of culture smashed with dreams, crushed with with pain, and, and, and then, of course, perseverance all together? When it's a good chance that None of those things are going to be inside a machine. It's not going to dream. doesn't have a consciousness. It's not going to feel pain. doesn't have a culture. So that's why I say that. Um, Andre Matisse. Creativity takes courage. There you go. What kind of courage is the machine going to be able to do? Huh? Is, does the machine have an understanding about its own culture about its own existence that it could sacrifice itself in a way that it could be irreparably damaged in order to save another machine or maybe even save another living creature uh highly doubtful so again courage not going to be part of a machine's makeup Pablo Picasso every child is an artist well where the hell is the level of artificial intelligence when we have this okay does it think it's a child? Does it automatically think it's an adult? Because it can think on a higher level than the, uh, on the average machine? Who, who really knows what it's thinking about? And, and how do we really describe to that? That's very difficult right there. Okay? This one I like the most because I really think it answers the most. From Thomas uh, Merton. Art enables us to find ourselves and lose ourselves at the same time. A lot of art created by people can be a function of a loss of control. Maybe through grief or pain or stress, even depression. Well, how does a machine lose control and, and still create art? When the machine is going to be all about wanting to maintain control because that's what it feels like that's necessary for it all its systems to work efficiently and, and, and properly. You see, that's the one of the problems with machines I inherently. 
even if they have an artificial intelligence controlling them. They have no understanding about the things that are not mechanical that make humanity so special and so unique and, and so superior to machines because we can still value imperfection. We can even want imperfection. We know how to overcome imperfection. We understand that the things that are illogical that like love can make us better creatures and make us do things that other, other things wouldn't allow us to do. The machine is not going to understand love. It won't even allow that in its system because it can't be really calculated. It, it can't be understood. It can't be investigated. How is the machine going to do that? How can it find love? That's why it's a, a real problem with machines creating art. And my last one here from Jerry Krasinski. The principles of true art is not to portray but to evoke. It's almost like Jerry, or in, in this case, Jersey, I'm sorry. His name is Jersey. It's a Polish uh, uh, artist. It's almost like he's writing this to our, our subject here, our show, because that's exactly right. Art enables us, and the principles of true art, it's not to portray, you see? So that's what a, a, a machine would do because the machine is just trying to mimic something from the information it has. It's trying to do a, a facsimile, like a fax. Is that thing the original that's coming out of your fax? No, it's a copy of it. That's really what a machine's going to do. It's portraying something. But the true principles of, of art is to evoke that's to bring something out of somebody. Whether it's a sadness or an anger or uh, a happiness or a joy or even just a, a, an incredible insight to evoke. Machines wouldn't be able to do that. They have to have so much understanding about how other living beings operate in that sort of fashion to be able, able to do that. That's why I believe artificial intelligence in the end will be a failure. Because all it is is just a faster, smarter thinking machine. It's making calculations faster. It's moving and doing things faster. That doesn't make it better than humans. It doesn't even make it alive. It's just another damn machine. You know, it's a toaster that instead of having four slots for the toaster, has 40,000 slots. Damn, that's a lot of toast you can make, Mr. Toaster. But that doesn't make you a chef. You're just a damn toaster with a lot more slots. And that's what we have to understand. Now, you're going to get folks that are going to get mad about some of the things I said on the show. Or even about machines. Oh, I think they could do more, blah, blah, blah. But... Talk to those people. If, if you hear people uh, raise this devil's advocate uh, positions, ask them these questions. Oh, really? Does it have sentience? Because it's going to have consciousness. What can it really do? Why melding machines into human beings? Why is that supposed to be so important? How does that make us better? How does that improve the human condition? Huh? How does that stop racial prejudice? Yeah, I got a mechanical arm right now. Really? Uh, but you're still black. And I don't know about that. So again, there you go right there. If someone doesn't like you for that reason, unfortunately, whatever the hell you do is going to make a difference. They're still going to not like you. Which means that, guess what? Artificial intelligence and super technologies, machines in general, 
they don't solve hate. In some cases, they can make hate worse. In some cases, machinery can weaponize hate, uh, creating diseases specifically for certain racial groups. Or, or forcing uh, people uh, by state edict, you know, to have a, a part of their body uh, changed or removed. Here you go, weaponizing hate by true technology. I'm not saying that that's all technology can do, and that's all it could ever be evolved in. No, but what I'm saying is, when it comes to the human condition, machinery can't really help us because it's just an instrument, no different than a knife. You can cut the bread. To feed your family with the knife, or you can cut the throat of your neighbor. See? There's nothing wrong with the knife. The only thing wrong is how you are using it. And technology is no different. Which means that if it's just an instrument, then it's pretty much lifeless. It doesn't have a conscience. It doesn't have a past. It doesn't have a soul. It doesn't have a voice other than whatever you give it. So what the hell is it going to give back to us that is going to create art that somehow we're going to learn something from it or it itself can learn something from its own art? Because, you know, that's what they talk about, that the true, uh, I guess you could say, function of artificial intelligence is somehow it's, it's learning and improving and getting better. What is that really going to be building on? Just more bits of information. Is it really going to learn anything beyond anything? I doubt it. Animals can learn. People can learn. They say even plants can learn and insects. Machines? I don't know. They're just doing something that they did before faster. Better, maybe. You know, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. It really doesn't. And this is how we have to question it. Because if we don't do that, we start falling for these... For these uh, these weird ideologies that try to put human beings down. And if you fall for that, then that's just another thing we have to tackle as people and, and, and as writers. You know, first you got families trying to put you down, then you got religions trying to put you down, you got a lot of political philosophies trying to put you down, now we got machines, plants, and animals trying to put you down. That's really what the whole show is about. When I call the strength to be human, it's about resisting those forces out there that want to control you rather than just allowing you to have elements of them that maybe can help enlighten you or maybe elevate you. There are parts of religions that are that are very functional, that are very, uh, I feel, worthy of examination and even some basic practice. But like anything else, you know, you, you can't take too much of it or it becomes controlling. It's no different than, than politics to a certain extent. It's certainly no different than, than even technology. All of these things, they, they can be and, and they can be used successfully and positively. But we need to be able to find what that happy medium is. We need to be able to find what's necessary that our humanity stays intact. And even more important than that these days, our individuality, which is really getting threatened when you have all these things trying to be equal to us. You start losing who you are. And once that happens and your individuality starts, starts melting away, well, guess what? Something that was unique on the world will, will be gone. There's nobody like you. So if you let that go, 
that's something special that's not going to come back. No machine's going to, like, restore that memory, okay? All right? And neither is a religion or anything else because it was in your control all along. You are the custodian of your own individuality and, therefore, your human condition. So it's important as writers and, and as artists to understand that you have to maintain control. Maintain control over your emotions, over your psychology, over your dreams, over your art, over the forces out there in the world that want to try to like limit you or, or curtail you or try to question you about what you're trying to do. Be who you are. Because as long as you're doing that, that's something unique for you to stand on. That's a foundation for you to move forward. This is who I am, blah, 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 and you go from there. Because when you start questioning that, if you start belittling that, you start reducing that, you're going to start slowly becoming something else. You're becoming, you know, that, that technology or that ideology, that psychology. All those things that are now who you are, you start becoming some of that. And the more you become some of that, the, the less you become somebody that's individual. And that probably has plenty of adherence already. That's one of the problems about being a, a real follower or a real disciple of a lot of these things we're talking about is that if you don't learn somehow in some way to limit its access, to understand where it fits in your life and leave it at that, you start drifting away. You start becoming somebody else. And that's what they want because that's their control over you and therefore you can't be the individual that you should be. And if you can't be that individual, it's extremely difficult to write anything that's going to have any impact with anybody. It's going to sound and look like everybody else from what they're doing. It's not going to part anything else that we can use. And God knows as a, as a human collective, we, we, we still need to a lot out there. And you're one of the people amongst all of us that can add to that. But you only can add to that if you understand your own consciousness, your own individuality, your own place uh, in the world. And sometimes writing in itself is a, a journey to get there. And that's fine. You're going to make some mistakes along the way. I'm not saying that you need to incorporate everything we're talking about in this show right tonight or the world's going to end I, or you're going to end. You're going to Suddenly tomorrow you're, you're no longer Joanne. You're somebody else. I'm not saying that because that in itself is a process over time that you wear yourself down. I'm saying that as soon as you can identify those things that can wear you down, the sooner you can start detaching from that, start reversing that, start putting back who you are. It's this way you have to put that stuff into place. And that's one of the problems we have right now in society, in the world, is everybody wants to go to the extreme. Oh my God, Mark, if you're saying there's darker elements of religion, I should just not relive, don't deal with religion ever again and I'll be fine. Well, I'm not saying that, because when you face that, you could do that to everything. The next thing you know, you're a hermit in a, in a basement somewhere, and you're building up walls around you, so now, hey, I'm, I'm free from religion bothering me, and technology bothering me, and other people bothering me, crazy women bothering me, and in the end, you, what do you are? You're just a, a loveless hermit, you know, probably takes a shower once a month, with a giant wall around you. Being out there and connecting to other people and connecting to other ideas and other philosophies, that's always going to be a risk. 
You can't live and you can't create. You can't learn and you certainly can't make art if you're not out there taking a risk. And now and then, you know, you're learning something and you're, 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 you're gathering something that's inspirational that helps you grow. And other times you're just going to take a stock in the head or the jaw. And that's going to happen too. That's the risk you take. But that's how you learn. You're going to get the pleasure out there and you're going to get the pain out there. But you got to have both in, in order to do that. It's, a, it's another thing, and one of the last thoughts to, to really remind all of us is, if you haven't realized this already, we can't appreciate the good in life until we've experienced some of the bad. It's just like, you know, you can't have the good out there without, without evil being out there, too. That's how things are balanced in, in, in the human world. As a machine, it doesn't understand any of that. That makes it in, in itself, you know, a, a dangerous commodity. Because it doesn't understand. And because it doesn't understand good and bad, it won't even understand itself when it becomes bad. Because it's always going to rationalize its own actions. Yeah, this, this calculates to me. Um, I'm going to kill 17 more million people next week. We, Us as human beings, we understand how mortally dangerous that can be. We understand from our history because we have done some of that before. And we hope that each generation we try to get better about trying to pull ourselves back from that and try to make ourselves, you know, better better human beings. But we won't ever go forward and grow unless we're out there living and try to experience the world. Something that machines can't do. And while we can do all this, it's the reason why we're able to create art. It's the reason why art is a, as an existence. You know, art's almost like that, that, that dream that you finally remembered and you got it down and, and now, from now on, you can, you know, check it out. The next 50 years, in a poem, in an essay, in a play, whatever. Oh yeah, that was that dream. Because normally you don't remember dreams. You just have a faint notion like, man, that must have been great. What the hell was that? Well, now we know that's what art is. Art's the dream remembered. Machines can't do that. Machines can't dream. And if they ever could, what the hell would they dream of? You think they dream that they want to be human? That would make no sense. Because you think they would want to be individual in their own right. But then, how does a machine understand individuality? How does it separate itself from another machine? Can it think a certain way? Look a certain way? Does it understand what any of this stuff means? I don't see how it ever can. Alright, folks. Until next time, this is Strength to Be Human. Your host, Mark Anthony Rossi. That was episode 184. Can machines create art? Hopefully that gave you something uh, extra to think about in the weeks ahead. God bless. Until next time. And thank you for being with us. Thank you for listening. Follow the show and support our efforts by visiting our sponsors at www.strengthtobehuman.com or purchasing an ebook at www.somapublishing.com.